name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. As you have heard the, the reading of the Gospel today, it was talking about this beautiful miracle that happened that Jesus fed 5,000 people. Were, like I mentioned, he was, they were only counting the men, plus all of the women and the children also. So there were a multitude of people that were able to, to be fed by the glory of God only from five loaves of bread, specifically made of barley, and two fishes. And we're gonna, may God give us some, you know, grace right now to understand exactly a little bit of this. I'm gonna start with St. Cyril of Alexandria, he said, that, he said this, the smallness of faith is the, is the worst sickness and surpasses all evil. If God works or promises to do anything, then let it be believed in simple faith. Just because we are powerless in, in everything, we should not let God be accused by our inability to understand how he accomplished things beyond our understanding. In other words, he's trying to say very simple thing. We are very limited and God is unlimited. If God promises to do something, let's keep this faith that it will happen. If we hear that God is doing something, he came and he said, I'm coming for your salvation. And he did. Nobody could understand how would this ever happen, but it happened. The significance of the five loaves and the two fish, and this is what I'd like to concentrate on today. Also, St. Cyril of Alexandria said this, the five barley loaves signify the five books of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament. That is the whole law which gives it, which, which was given to, to the people in a very coarse and rough type of food. Remember this way how the Jews were living. They were living by abiding by the law of Moses. And this law of Moses was not very, was not understood. It was done this way. If you do something wrong, you have to, you have to die. If you do something wrong, you will be expelled of, of their faith or their religion and so on. It's exactly like when we think about barley. I understand, I hope everybody knows the difference between barley and wheat. Wheat is so easy to open. The grain itself, when you really press it, you can open it very easy. But barley is completely the opposite. It's almost, it's very, very hard to peel off the, the husk out, out of the, inside, the seed inside that we eat. And this, why we, we said those are like five loaves of barley bread. And those five loaves represent the Old Testament of the five books that they didn't understand really what this law is, but they were abiding with. They were following the, the, law, the law as is. But yet these two fishes that they came represent two specific people in the past, which were the kings and the, the prophets. Those two, and specifically those two, were anointed. Nobody else in the Old Testament were anointed by the oil, other than the prophets and the kings. And those are the easy and the easiest food, and easiest way for people to understand. Following the king, if he's a good king, and following the prophecies of the prophets, which is God's word. For this kernel, kernel, which is the inside piece, the piece that we eat from the barley, is clothed and covered with husk. And the husk is very tenacious, adhering to, to, um, to, the, to the kernel itself and very, very hard to be peeled off. 
such as the books of the Old Testament were clothed and covering in mysteries, <clears throat> but if one gets to the kernel, he will eat good food. So this boy was carrying them. Who does this boy represent? This boy represents basically the Jews. The Jews were carrying all of these books, all of the prophets, the kings, they have had prophets and kings and all of the, the five books, yet they were unable to eat them. The boy did not eat any of this food. He was carrying them only. He started to eat only when Jesus himself did the miracle and fed him and fed the others. So the, the Jews were not unable to do so, yet they have had it all. Think about it a little bit more. After the miracle have happened, we have had 12 baskets full of the leftovers. And the 12 is significant. It's not a number, just a number. It's simply because of the 12 disciples. And what happened to those leftovers of the, of the Jews? Guess what? We are the leftovers. People outside of the Jews, the disciples went out with these leftovers and fed every, everybody. So they ate on this day, the Jews, and whatever left, we took. But we took and we multiplied and we were in good faith and we went through the end of the world in faith of God. The 5,000 fed. Why also the number 5,000 specifically? You remember when the Holy, Holy, the Holy Ghost or the, the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles on this day, the day of the Pentecost, Peter, John went outside and started preaching. This is the first sermon that Peter ever did. How many people, you know, believed? How many people believed there? There were 5,000, the same exact number. So the people who were fed were 5,000 and exactly equated to the 5,000 people who really started to believe. And those people were not Jews, by the way. Those people were coming from outside, not all of them, to be very specific. Not all of them were Jews. Were coming outside to Jerusalem to, to, to visit Jerusalem. And when they listened to, pe to Peter, they, um, they believed. Um, this bread also was given to the apostles because they themselves, as Jews, they were unable to eat. But when they got this gift of the divine grace, they were filled and they were able to go outside and spread the word of God. The hunger of this multitude is satisfied by the word of God, coming to them from the teaching of the law and the prophets. Yet, this abundance of the divine goodness kept in reserve for this people to the Gentiles, which us, not being Jews, has overflowed flowed from the source of the eternal food unto the filling of the twelve apostles. There were significance in every number there. Also, Jesus, when he started this miracle, if you think about other miracles that he has done, Christ brought to himself five loaves of bread and he started right away to, to pray and say, God, I, I read something that I'd like to share with you. As if Jesus is with us now and he's talking, you know, up loud. And he said this, O Father, I'm doing thy deed and I am your son. For I am in the beginning, I created the whole world together with thee and the Holy Spirit. For I am the heavenly bread of immortality. And then to start blessing the food. When the Lord blessed the five loaves of bread and spoke to the multitude, he said to them, Grow and multiply, nourish all who are assembled here. 
and immediately the, lo the, the loaves of bread obeyed the Lord, and they multiplied invisibly. As Christ spoke to them, and he is the heavenly bread of immortality. In other words, this was the, this one of the few times that, that Jesus prayed to the Father and said, please allow this thing to happen. Why do you think this way? When he went to, to heal the blind man or the paralytic man, he did not pray before he started this. He just be, let it happen, and it happened. He did not pray, oh, please, Father, you know, make this paralytic man walk. Or when he spit on, on the little dirt and, and he put in his eye, he, he didn't pray, saying, create a new eyes for him. But it just happened, because he's God. But this time he can teach us the thanksgiving out before the meal. St. Chrysostom said this, but why did Jesus not pray when he was about to heal the paralytic, or when he was raising the dead, or, come, or calming the sea? While he does so, while he does so here over the loaves, it was to, to show that when he begin, when we begin our meals, we ought to give thanks to God. He does not do this because they need to pray, but to show things which is fitting. He's teaching us all the time what is need to be done. And the last thing I would like to mention and share with you, why did he ask to collect the leftovers? Okay, everybody ate. Why, why do you care, God, about the leftovers? I hope that some of us understand what is the dedicate is, or the skuliyah of Arabic, which is the teaching of the apostles. We call our church the Apostolic Church because we got all of our teaching that we got from our fathers, the fathers to the fathers, all the way to the, to the apostles. And this is written in a specific text, in a specific book that we abide with. Whenever we are in question of something, we go back to the teaching of, of the apostles, and it's called the Dedeke, or the Duskuleya. The, the it says there, in, now concerning the Eucharist, or give, thank, give thanks, all of us, give thanks as follows. Concerning the broken bread, we give you thanks, O Father, for the life and the knowledge which you have made known to us through Jesus. To you be glory forever. Amen. Just as this broken bread was scattered upon the mountain and then was gathered together and became one, so your church will be gathered together from the end of the earth to the other end into your kingdom. For yours is the glory forever. Amen. In other words, the word of God will spread all over the world, and one day they would gather all together in the kingdom of God. Some of the deacons will understand this very well when Abuna, when the priest finish the communion. No leftovers is done there. No leftover is left. Even the small little speck that I have to make sure nothing is left. I, with an old man, may not be able to see every speck there. So I got some younger deacon next to me and I show him the plate. You will see this. Every abuna is doing this. Show him the plate around and I go with the light right and left and make sure that they see. If they see anything left over, he will point. He's not allowed to touch. But he will point and say, oh, over here abuna. And abuna will take it and make sure nothing is left for so many things. It is exactly the same way I was thinking here. Nothing to be left over. Everything has to be taken. And every small little speck is the body of God is the body of Jesus. I'm not going to let it go or, or being on the floor. The same exact thing or being wasted. Same exact thing when we give the, the blood. 
it happened and it happened last Sunday. One of the kids, and I'm asking you please to be careful, but he did his hand like this and all of a sudden it touched and a drop fell on the body, on the, on the clothes. So I asked the mom, please give me this t-shirt. And I got it and I took it inside there and I washed it and I drank the water of this laundry. <laughs> but the point is, none of this should be wasted because this is the blood of Jesus that could not be wasted. Every, every little, small little piece is so precious for us all. So, I would like to end with one little thing that the, the, towards the end they said they expected him to be the prophet, not saying a prophet specifically saying their prophet, meaning the Jews were waiting for a specific prophet. We were waiting for the Messiah, which is their prophet, which is their king. But their prophet, why is this? When the people were satisfied, they saw that they, had, they were fed in the wilderness as Moses, Moses has done to them. They remembered right away and said, yeah, we spent 40 years in the wilderness and Moses was feeding us every day not Moses himself, but through Moses, God was feeding them every day. So Moses said this, this prophet about whom it was said that is coming into the end of the world. He said, the Lord will raise up a prophet for you, not someone ordinary, but rather like me. So Moses told him there will be a specific prophet, although there were so many prophets came after Moses to Jesus. Everybody was saying, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. But now I'm talking about the prophet, specific prophet that Moses talked about. And here is the comparison between the prophet Moses was talking about and Jesus. He told them, this prophet, he will fill you with the bread in the desert, in the wilderness. Guess what? Moses did this and Jesus just did this today. This prophet will walk on the sea. Guess what? Moses walked on the sea, on the floor of the sea, yet Jesus walked on the water. He walked on the sea. This, this, this uh, prophet will entrust, but this he didn't say, but this is what happened, entrusted Mary, which is the church, St. Mary, his mom, which is the church, to John the disciple. Exactly what happened when Moses entrusted all of the flock, the church in the Old Testament, to Joshua, like him also. So they see all of these prophecies, like, so, so alike. So this is the prophecy, which is the word, like me, would be fulfilled. So there is, so, there is always connection between the Old Testament and the, and the New Testament. There's always prophecies, and all of these prophecies being fulfilled in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus Christ himself. Because he came to fulfill all of these prophecies, and to save us, and to give us the ability to be sitting together here, looking forward for one thing. Lead us, we always pray and say, lead us for the salvation, for your kingdom. This is the only reason we are sitting here together. All of these rituals, all of these prayers, all of these ways and, and, and things that we say may not mean anything if we don't have one target in front of us, the kingdom of God. And glory be to God forever. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community.
We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context, within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net. That's www.stbasil.net. Or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.